Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey everybody, welcome back to Las Vegas. You are listening to the Crazy Sexy Cool Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany, and I'm joined by my co-host, my mommy friends. We have Meek and Elizabeth. How y'all doing, ladies? What's the tea, mommies? Always in mommy mode. Look, I was just about to say that. I was just about to say that. There was like a collective like sigh and silence like, (laughs) So today is a special episode. As you guys know, the three of us, well, if you don't know, the three of us, we are moms. We all have six-year-olds at the time of this recording. <laughs> Not sure, you know, people will go back and listen to podcasts and like catch an episode. It's 2020 and we're in the middle of a pandemic and we are moms of six-year-old, six-year-old kids. So just know that we are a bit exhausted, but we do have some pretty important things. I feel like right now we're in the midst of a revolution. And with everything that's going on with Black Lives Matter, what is really important to also mention is that Black women in particular, like it's really important to say that this is really Black women. And there are some women of color who are also facing this, but right now racism is a national health emergency. So what's happening in the hospitals is pretty devastating when it comes to women literally going into the hospitals for COVID. A lot of women have died seeking treatment, but have been sent home 
but when it comes to pregnancy, it's it's not looking too good for us black women. So just to catch people up to speed, um, the United States leads the developed world in maternal and infant mortality. Nationally for black women, the maternal death rate is nearly four times that of white women and 10 to 17 times worse in some individual states. I thought it was important for us to kind of share our stories of becoming mothers and what that whole process was like because I feel like there are some things that were was not explained to us when we became able to have children when we were able to you know get pregnant there are things that they don't discuss when in in sex education when you're in I'm not sure what grade you guys were in but I was in fifth grade when we had like they pulled us out of our classes and they separated the girls and the boys like that was fifth grade for me so wait, just b- before you go dive any deeper, now with you being an adult and with you being a mommy, do you do you think that that is a topic that should be learned in school or at home? Both. Sex education. I feel like, you know, there, there needs to be people who are properly educated and know how to talk to preteens about their bodies. And then if the children have questions, they should be comfortable enough to be able to talk to their parents about it. I was not able to talk to my mom about any of that. She had my brother when she was 15. She got pregnant at 14, had my brother at 15. And she just thought I was supposed to just learn from her. Like, don't have sex and don't have a baby early. Like, she never, like, verbally said that to me. She just thought I was supposed to pick up on that. And, And you know, so that's why I feel like there needs to be educated people who come in and teach boys and girls about I feel I feel like I feel like there needs to be educated people that teach the parents oh, how yeah. to communicate. How to but but I don't yeah. I don't want to put that the responsibility of my son learning sex education on the school system. Like I think that that like it's your body. Like it's something that is natural. That is like natural conversations. I think should be held at home. They but. But because we've now, you know, we've we've ventured away from knowing ourselves and knowing how this body mechanism actually functions, we have to we become codependent on the school systems to to teach us about our body. Like no. Right. Like But you know, I mean I have I have friends whose parents were completely incompetent. Like they were not able no, to no, talk right. about and, sex. Like they don't even want to talk about sex. It's just like don't have it. And it's like, wait. Hormones are happening. Right. Sex is going to sense. happen. So a conversation has to be had. But but I see I know exactly what you mean, me because Right. And I and I'm not talking about our parents. Like they, they've already, you know, we grown. I'm talking about how we gonna approach it with our the children, like the gen, like but, the, the new generation. But those but a lot of those teachings are passed down generation true. to generation true. to generation. But at the same time, you can't always trust the people who come in to teach about this these things because Looking at where we are right now, black women are in a fucked up position when it exactly. comes to giving birth at hospitals. So who is really supposed to come in and teach? So this is why I feel like this is a very important thing for us to have conversations about our own personal experience. Right. So people can learn and get some information and kind of, you know, ask them, ask themselves questions like, you know what, when I choose to have children, I can ask these questions to my doctor or midwife or doula, whoever you you know, whatever route you choose to go with your birth. So, right. yeah, it's a 
And I think I think the sex talk needs to talk before needs to be talked before puberty. Like I talk to Elijah about sex now. Of course, it's digestible for him to receive it. I'm not out here like when you fuck and then like no. He understands. <laughs> he understands. You know he. You know certain parts of a woman's body. And, you know, like, you know, that a baby is in the mommy's stomach. Like, he, yeah. he understands the anatomy of it. So, it's like, you know, and I want to build on that yeah, as well. Devin, when my dad gave me the talk, now, when it comes to Prince, I let him know, you know, he, he sees pictures of me pregnant. I literally have one right by my bed. So, he understands that the woman carries a child and, you know he's still learning about like the process of how long a woman is pregnant and the baby grows inside the the mom but uh time yeah i mean plenty of time well yeah but there are some girls though who have who start their period very early yeah and so like at what point because i have a friend who started her period at nine and i remember like (laughs) being in school and she had to leave class and she didn't come back for like almost a week because she had her, she started her period at nine years old and she's going through this whole like she her she's cramping, you know, she's trying to figure out how her to use a pad. Going through a whole because her mom didn't give her the talk about because she didn't know. You don't think like nine years old, let me give my child a talk about her period. Right. But uh but yeah, it's just it's just so weird. But I've I've what I also want people to do is to not be so afraid to have these conversations with your children. I wish my they mom did. normal. I really wish yeah. so my normal. mom did. Yeah. This is, and, and honestly, like everything that we're about to talk about, um, it all it all like ties in together because the unknowing leads into fear, which then leads into, you know, trusting people that don't really have your best interest that you just assume because they have a PhD or whatever that they got your best interest when actually they don't and like everything has been strategic like nothing is coincidental like this has all been set up for for, just for profit if we can be profit and power if we can be honest so yeah yeah so um Meek can you tell us about when you found out you were pregnant and how did that like how did it go? What was like the first thing oh you did? <laughs> okay. So like I'm pregnant now what? Like I vividly remember. So I was laying on the couch, fell asleep. I had a dream. I gotta tell y'all about this dream. So I had a dream that I had like I always have teeth dreams, always. And this particular tooth was um was like marble and it had like diamonds on it and I went in the back of my mouth and I pulled it out right and it was just so vividly when I like when I like jumped it I woke up looked up what the dream was about and everything I looked at was like pregnancy expect <laughs> <laughs> like new mom like, like, like new mom I kid you not I didn't I didn't throw up I didn't have no like extra shit like it was the dream so I was like I went down to Albertsons and I got I got like five tests I kid you not I got one of them that had like the three tests in it then it had the two tests I pissed on all of them they came back positive 
I still didn't believe it. I went back to Albertsons and got Clear Blue because, you know, Clear Blue is digital. So <laughs> it'd be like, I went, pregnant. I used Clear Blue like, too. Yeah. You pregnant. You pregnant, so, dog. I, I went and got Clear Blue and it was like, yep, <laughs> yep, you pregnant. You is. So, um, the first thing I did was I called my BD, my baby daddy, told him, and um, kept it real short. Then, you know, and then I thought, like, the, then the, that's when the thinking process goes through, goes through your mind. And I started evaluating where I was in my life and how everything was set up. And I'm like, am I going to keep my baby? You know, like, is it right for me to even have a baby right now, given the circumstance of me and my child's father? Me and my child's father were not together. Like, to be, like, the whole backstory with that, we were, like, fucking around with each other. I'm going to just be frank. I'm not going to try to beautify any of this. We were fucking around with each other for, like, three months and kind of find out, you know, there was some, like, it was some really bad behavior going on on his end. So then that's why I was like, you know, I can't fuck with you no more. And I went and I just removed myself. And two weeks after removing myself from that situation is when I found out I was pregnant. Uh, so, okay. yeah. yeah. So given that situation, yeah, I was in question if, if I was even going to have my baby or not. Um, <clears throat> then my sister, who y'all two know, is like, she's like my best friend. She's my rock. You know, hey, I told her <laughs> I told her I was pregnant and she didn't believe me. So this is the thing too. <laughs> not, I was not that woman that liked kids. Like I was never that woman like, oh yeah, girl, bring your bring your kid over. I'll watch him for right. you. Like, negative. Like I like, hey, baby cute, keep it baby. Don't hold like I want to I don't know, I don't wanna hold it. Like, no, I'm good. So I was never that person. And also the way I function, like, I don't be bringing men around my family either. You know, I'm not that girl to be like, hey, guys, this is my guy. Like, I don't. Like, I date in secret. So people didn't even know I was fucking. Like, people didn't even, it wasn't even on the perception that I was out here having sex. (laughs) So I tell you what I tell you. Nobody believed me. Nobody believed me. And then I pulled out my bag. I had a grocery bag full of pregnancy tests that I took. Eight, <laughs> eight of them. Like, see? I was like, look, look I pissed God. on all of these, like eight of them. And my sister was like, damn. So then I'm over here crying because for for the women that do know, once you find out you're pregnant, it's like you could just start feeling your hormones just like surging. Thinking. Like, you 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 emotional, mm-hmm. you crying, like things that just normally won't rock your world is like throwing you completely off your square. And I'm just like, I'm just not in a good mood. Um, my sister gave me this sermon girl that just sealed the deal. She was like, Look, look at you gonna have this baby and you gonna do like and it wasn't a pressure thing, it was more of a like you can do it. You know, because, like, I think there was fear on, like, bro, like, can I even do this, you know? So, like, it was just reassurance, like, bro, like, you good. Like, you can do it. Even if you don't have the support of your, you know, your your, your child's father, like, you're strong enough where you can fucking do it. So, decided to go on with my pregnancy. The thing, the gag is, though, Elijah was so 
he was so easy, man. Like everyone always asked, like, oh, did you go through? Were you nauseous? Did you throw up? Did you like my baby treated me so well? Like, and I always say, like, I think he just knew the mental like war that I was like in. Like yeah. I was depressed. I was depressed, clinically depressed for six months of my pregnancy. When I tell you I was depressed, I I did not get out of bed. I didn't comb my hair. I stopped taking care of myself. I would only roll out of bed to take a shower to go to work and dance. And yeah. I wasn't I wasn't eating healthy. Like I would like smash like potatoes. Yo, real quick. What so, was your craving? Yo, real before you talk about the craving. So I was like eight, almost nine months pregnant. And I took my brother, my little brother, to the club for his 21st birthday. And I see Meek dancing. And I walk up to her. And I had on, like, this fur vest. So it kind of covered up my belly. And I open my vest. And I'm like, Meek, look. And I show her my stomach. And she's like, bitch, I'm pregnant, too. <laughs> <laughs> like, she was up there dancing. I was like, oh, my God. I'm pregnant. Pregnant <laughs> sisters. Look at y'all. Look what y'all want to do. We didn't know you then, so chill out. You didn't. We We didn't. It's okay. You probably weren't pregnant at that time. This was February of 2014. So you may have, like, you may have probably just been pregnant, Liz. But yeah. Like, just found out. Oh, yeah. February. Yes. So, yeah. So, like, and so that means I was, I was four months. Um, they're killing it like four months pregnant. I danced until I was six months pregnant and like was dancing in six inch heels, like pregnant. Um, but yeah, I was, I was freaking depressed. And then like, you know, some way, somehow, I don't know what it was, but like the strength just started to come back, you know, like I was just on some, like, you know, I need to just grab this by the wheel and like, I stop the baby's going to be here because the baby's going to be here. So like the strength, like you know, and one of the funny stories I like to hear. So originally Elijah's name was Brooklyn, Brooklyn Monroe, and <laughs> the reason why is because I went to get an ultrasound and the lady was like, "Oh yeah, you know, you're having a daughter." Now remind you, I knew I was having a son. Nobody could tell me that I was not having a son. And she was like, you're having a daughter. And my mama and my, my sister, like, was making crazy fun of me. Like, oh, yeah, you thought you had a boy, girl. You got to have a girl, blah, 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 you know. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, I'm like, and my mom, I'm like, no, nah, man, I need to go get another one done. So I went to my doctor and had it done. When I, let me tell you, no, actually, no. What? I can't remember where we went and got it done. When I tell you, so the whole time be- between the appointments of me getting the, the second ultrasound to confirm, I'm, I'm over here calling, you know, rubbing my belly and calling E Brooklyn, right? And so the next episode, the next uh, appointment, I can't a lot. Yeah, the next episode. <laughs> Elijah Legs was like spread eagle, and all you see is just big penis on the damn he was like look i'm not a girl stop calling me a girl that's not what i am i am a boy like i am a boy damon stop calling me <laughs> playing with you okay he was not playing i'm with not playing with you um now where now when we talk about like my like the healthcare experience i went to a doctor that 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 has get um that has delivered 
a lot of like friends and family's babies. So I, I followed that route. I was too like emotionally depressed to like do the proper research as to like what my options and stuff were. So, you know, the fr- friends and family was like, oh, this is who I went to and she did this. And in the first couple of appointments, it was cool. But once you hit that five month stage, you then are just a number like those. They, they're, they're like pricking you, getting blood and like literally like you you finally get in the office with your doctor and it's like, how you feeling? Check. All right. Cool. All right. Cool. All right. Bam. You're out like nothing. Like I to be honest, I never even talked about my depression with my doctor. You know, like I don't think she Did ever you feel like, like you, you, in you on had that. the opportunity to no. even, to talk about it. Right. No, like there was never like because like you don't just go in and be like, I'm depressed. Some people do, but, you know, some, because it's just so, it's so, you know, fragile and so sensitive. Like, sometimes the opportunity needs to be provided instead of, you right. know, like, You have to ask those questions. Yeah. Yeah, to, like, really see, like, what's the mental health of that being. Um, then, I'm going to just fast forward. Uh, uh, when it came down, so Elijah's due date was July 25th. Elijah came knocking July 25th at six o'clock in the morning, like right on time. And if, at first, it, you know, it was like it felt like a little a little ache in the back. And, you know, I'm sleeping and it's like I'm not comfortable. I'm like, I kept turning, trying to get comfortable. <laughs> I'm not comfortable. I'm like, OK, I'm not comfortable. And then I'm starting to feel a little bit of pain going. I'm like, OK. And so I tell my sister, I'm like, I'm like, I think I'm going into labor. She's like, okay, okay. She's like, what you want? I was like, I was like, let's walk, you know, like so. Okay. I'm a back. I'm a backtrack a little bit. So during my pregnancy, I did not have any type of support from my from my child's father. So I had no sex, you know. I had a lot of built up <laughs> freaking energy because for those that don't know, when you're pregnant, you horny as shit. Like <laughs> I had a lot of built up energy. <laughs> And I was actively going to the gym, like, at seven, like, all the way up to, to, like, eight months. Like, I would jog. I would run miles, like, while I was pregnant, you know? So, so I'm telling my sister, I'm like, you know, let's walk. And so we walk in, we walk in, and it's cool, whatever. And I'm still feeling the pain, and we walk in, we're walking. Like, cool. Then, then we call my mom. My mom pulls the, you know, pull the Tahoe around, like, <laughs> with that bitch. And was like, all right, let's go. We're going to go to the doctor. So we go to the doctor, and you want to talk about dismissive. Like, oh my God. I guess, like, in my mind, I just thought that there was going to be, like, this welcoming committee for me. <laughs> okay, <laughs> the like baby's the on the way. Come on in. No, like the movie. It was not that. And then, like, me being a first-time mom, you just don't know what's going to happen. And you see so many of those ER TV shows where it's like, I don't know where your freaking water bus and the baby, like, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? So, so, like, we go up there, and the lady's like, I'll be with you in a minute. And my mom was like, she's about to have a baby. You know, like, she's in labor. She's like, I'll be with you in a minute. And I'm like, all right, cool. So... She finally, like, calls us up. Our mom signs me in. And they take us in not... They didn't take us in the back where the rooms are. They took us in, like, the prepping room or whatever. And they go and they check me. And at that time, I was at three centimeters. So they were like, you're not dilated enough. Like, you can go back home. I'm like... I'm like, okay. I'm like, okay, cool. 
So we drive all the way back home from Centennial Hills Hospital. And I'm like, I'm sitting here and it's like coming. Like, it's like, it's like I could feel it progressing fast. Like just in like intuitively, like I know that my body's progressing fast. And like my sister's like, Meek, you can do this. She was like, you have, you know, I could run you a bath, get in the bath. You know, like I was like, no, I want to get in the bath. Like now I'm flustered. You know, now mm -hmm. like I'm flustered. Like I like and because I was not aware of what my body is capable of doing. I don't know how to tap into that, you know, and now like, right. you know, in retrospect, it's, it was more mind over matter. You know what I mean? Like if I, if I knew certain like body cues or whatever, I would have been able to like breathe or whatever, but I didn't know any of that. So I'm like, I'm like flustered. I'm moving around. I'm uncomfortable. So and what then, you're saying is that your doctor didn't prepare you for birth? No. Got it. Absolutely mm -hmm. did not. <laughs> like, absolutely did not. Did not say like, okay, you're going to feel this. Or like, you know, when you feel this, breathe like this. Or, you know, or even something as simple as, hey, when you go into labor, you know, we want to try to do as much labor at home. You know, make a playlist, put on music that soothes you, like something that simple, light a candle that like, you know, relaxes you because that's all that it is. You know, it's crazy how simple it is, but it's not taught. So um, my sister like was like, I'm like, I get in the shower. Man, I got in that shower. I turned that shower off. I was like, no. I was like, I was like, I was like, no, take me back to the hospital. I get back to the hospital. I kid you not. It wasn't even that long in time before the first time I went. I get back there. I was already at five centimeters. Like, yeah. So this is like within minutes. So like I was already in within at five centimeters. And the doctor and the lady told me like, look, if the pain gets to the point where it's unbearable, we'll give you something. Right. She didn't say exactly what she said. We'll give you something. So I get back there and I'm trying. I'm trying to like, you know you know, push through it and try to get as, you know, get as far along without having anything, you know, but I got to like, I got to, well, before I got to six, I called the nurse back in and she gave me something that starts with a D. I think it's just like a, a painkiller. It's not the epidural, but it's like something lighter than that, that they give you. And then, and then once I got to six going into seven, they were like, you know, they offered the epidural and I was like, yeah. And once again, once again, it's about the overall, like, the scene. Like, the hospital is cold. I'm not in my bed. Like, you know, my family in there cackling. Like, uh-uh. Like, I, like, all of that was just, like, contributing to the pain that I was feeling. So, like, I'm like, yeah, okay. So, they give me the epidural. Girl, when I tell you, you can't feel shit from your hips down. Like, I had no use of my legs. Now, also, another thing that they did not tell me about the epidural, I didn't know that it was going to slow the pregnancy down. Mm -hmm. So, technically, Elijah would have been, like, he would have been delivered, like, right on time, you know, like, on his due date. My pregnancy, like, it was, it was, like, it was progressing pretty fast. After the, after the due date, I, my pregnancy last, I mean, after the epidural, my pregnancy ended up lasting 19 hours. Now, because my son was slow, like, because, you know, him coming out was slowed down, he ended up inhaling his own feces, which then led to him having to be in the NICU 
for five days. Now, two of those days, they were able to work on the whole in um, them in him inhaling the feces. But then three of those days, he had jaundice. So this is the thing that I don't get is that why do why why don't the NICU have windows? Like none of the NICUs in Las Vegas has windows. Jaundice comes from a baby not having exposure to the sun. So yeah, because some people gets, tell you take your baby outside, let him get some take, sunlight. Get some, let him yeah. get some sunlight. That's what jaundice is from. So it's like why why but but what it does though it allows them to keep the baby in the NICU for a longer amount of time and run that and run that tab up, you know. So um right. yeah and, and then also after I had Elijah, they literally snatched my baby and was like out the door. I didn't I didn't see him, I didn't touch him, I didn't do anything. Like there was no contact, there was no nothing. And then the black nurse, kid you not, the black nurse was like, Y'all, she haven't even seen her baby. And they brought the baby they brought Elijah back to me and I was able to see him for a brief second and then they snatched him away and, t- and had him in the NICU yeah oh that's so frustrating wow that would have freaked me out you can't take my baby away <laughs> and then also another and this is like because I don't want because I don't want to prolong the story anymore but also another thing I also experienced was like I know I look young so a, a, a lot of it has to do with the fact that I look young especially if I dress down but, like, it's also, like, the assumption that I'm, like, a teenage mom. Like, I had doctors that wouldn't even pro- proceed with, like, whatever checkup I was there for because they was, like, oh, I'm waiting for your mother to come in. <laughs> and I'm, I'm a like, grown-ass yeah. woman, dog. I'm like, I'm, like, yeah, I'm grown. And they like, oh, oh, I'm so sorry, you know? And so, so yeah, I, I experienced that, too. So would you say... When you think about your birthing experience, would you say it was a positive birthing experience or would you say um, it, it was a negative? Was like if negative. you had to like, if you had a Yelp review on your experience, what would you give it? I would, I would honestly give it a one. And I take, Ooh. I take some accountability in that, you know, a little, you know, a little bit. I, only reason why I say a little bit is because it was a lot of unknowing, you know, like if I knew what I know now, like I honestly feel like I cheated my son a proper entry into this world you know like I honestly feel that where it's like I we didn't do the touch the the, the touch the touch you didn't get to taste the first the calcium or whatever the shit is like you know yes from my you didn't get to taste that you know what I'm saying like we didn't have any of that you know so like yeah like I it definitely it was definitely a one anytime I talk to expecting mothers the first thing I advise them to do is to find them a doula or a midwife and not even on some like to have them deliver your baby, but just for education. Like your body is a machine and it has a manual. We've lost the manual. So in the midwives and the doulas, they have the fucking manual. Like go get educated about what your body is able to do. Like don't just trust these doctors. Yeah. What about you, Elizabeth? How was, so when you found out you were pregnant, how did that happen, and what was your next step? Okay, so my story is a little different. <laughs> How I found out. Well, first, um, I was I had just moved to LA. I probably was there about two months in before I found out I was pregnant. So for me, I was on this like water diet, Ooh, where um, 
<laughs> I literally was just drinking like water, Kanye pepper, but I was doing it for a purpose. I was auditioning for America's Next Top Model at the time. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, I got to get ready. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is this serious business, water diet. I need, I need to not eat anything. So I tried mm-hmm. this water diet for like seven days. And in the midst of this water diet, um, I fainted at work. I was in the middle of an order. Um, at the time, I was working at a bakery. And um, I was in the middle of an order with actually a customer. And, like, literally behind my ears got really hot. And in me, in my mind, I just thought it was because, you know, my sugar levels was low because I was on this water diet. I wasn't eating. And also, that's what my boss thought when he found me on the ground and he came and brought me, like, you know, some fruit and water and was like, you could do we need to call ambulance? I'm like, no, I'm okay. It's just the water diet. So not even thinking. So I went to my audition the following week for America's Next Top Model. And for those who don't know, when you're auditioning for America's Next Top Model, you have to take a drug test and you have to take a pregnancy test before they start shooting you. So one of the ladies in there was like, call me like, hey, you're pregnant. Uh, so excuse me are you sure it's me sure so it wasn't me. a doctor you no. found out from like a producer of a show yes yes and I cried I cried um literally the next day I made an appointment at Planet Parenthood which I really hate that place but um <laughs> at Planet Parenthood and then you know they bring you in there and they like so they'll tell you how long you are you are pregnant and they'd be like oh so what do you want to do pretty much do you want abortion do you want to keep it or so I'm just like I just have to think so I just left literally left um my child's father went with me to the doctor's appointment and then we also took two pregnancy tests at home as well and I was like yeah this is this is it um I just kept crying because I'm like I don't even know how to do this I don't know how to be a mom like like no disrespect to my mom but my mom was never really a mom to me growing up so like I didn't grow up learning those things or, you know what I'm saying? Like how to be a mom. Right. It, it was, it wasn't good for me. My experience. Um, I love my mom. We, we're, we're cool to this day, but I didn't get those type of, uh, you know, those type of things from my mom, like how to be a mom, like any of that. Anyways. Yeah. I was, I was very emotional, scared, but I still went with it. I was like, you know what? This is supposed to happen. <laughs> so you felt like it was happen. destiny in a way. Yeah, because this is how how I found out and everything, and it, and it really made me uh, it just really really made me overthink. And I definitely was young at the time. I had her at twenty two, mm-hmm. um, not too young. I was thank God I didn't have her in high school. That was my goal. All my other friends to make did. it out of make it out of high school <laughs> without a baby. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, this is great. But yeah, it 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 definitely put me in a. Just a over, I'm always, always an overthinker, but I just kept overthinking the situation and just had to literally learn on my own. I literally disappeared from everybody, social media. I, I literally didn't have a phone for a whole year during my pregnancy, like threw my phone away. Like only time you can get in contact with me was actually through my child's father. And that was limited to people who could talk to me, like my best friend, my aunt and my mom and my sister. But yeah, um... So far as for my pregnancy, me and my child's father was in a relationship the whole time. So he was he was there for me. I literally worked my whole pregnancy as well, though. I worked all the way until eight months. Mm. Guys, I didn't take no pictures. I wish I would have. 
I wish I would have did like all the activities, mm. you know, like the mommy, I don't know, paint the belly, all that stuff. I wish I would have did all that. Yeah, like making cast and yeah, maternity photos. Yeah, I wish I would have did yeah. all that. Um, I didn't, you know, maybe in another lifetime. But yeah, mm-hmm. my, my experience as far as like going to birth, um, Lyric was actually due September 24th. She actually was born September 17th. Lyric kicked the hole into my bag. So I was leaking for a couple of days. Okay. And for me, I didn't, I, I, the first couple of days, I didn't really know that she actually, you know, kicked the hole in my bag. I was leaking. I thought it was like, cause me and her dad was having sex a lot. So I just thought it was like, you know, stuff just coming out. <laughs> so I was like, to the point where like three days went by and it was like a lot. And I was like, yeah, this, I was like, this isn't normal. So I literally, before I went into um, the hospital, I called my sister. Um, I took a shower. I packed my bag. We went to Olive Garden, and then I went to the hospital. <laughs> Why did you go to Olive Garden, dog? You was I wanted that. pasta. I was wanted pasta so bad, and I was like, "Well, if this is gonna be my last meal before they give me Jello and crackers, I want pasta." So I'm about yeah, to. Yeah, I keep going to jail. Yeah, but what they mean? All I know is my sister told me, like, once they put you in there, you ain't going to be able to eat. I'm like, ugh. I'm like, I'm hungry. Uh-uh. <laughs> so, and literally when I got there, they, they kept trying to tell me I couldn't eat. They kept giving me ice chips. That was not working. I was hungry. So, I went in and they were like, yeah, good thing you came in because you would have had a dry birth. Uh, there's, she kicked a hole in your, your uh, bag. So, I'm like, okay. I went in. I want to say it was like 3 o'clock in the daytime. And, um... They're like, okay, everything was fine. Her heartbeat was fine. It was just me and her dad there, actually. I didn't really want anybody there. I didn't even call anybody. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, we I went in and... Hello, listener. Guess who's back? It's me, Anthony Mays, your favorite butcher-turned-podcast producer, and I'm here to talk to you about ButcherBox. ButcherBox is the most convenient way to get high-quality meat and seafood that you can trust delivered straight to your doorstep, free shipping, vacuum-sealed packaging. It's ready to go right then. It's ready to pop in the freezer. You get exclusive member deals and a variety of high-quality cuts at an amazing value. Going to the grocery store can be a huge pain. You're usually in a rush at an inconvenient time. You're waiting in line at the meat counter. You're taking a number. Maybe this place doesn't have a number. You're jostling with fellow customers. You're trying to get that ribeye that you want or that nice piece of salmon. Maybe the butcher that you're dealing with has a bad attitude or something. I don't know. That was never me. I promise. But maybe it happens. ButcherBox takes all of that out of the picture. You are always prepared with meat and seafood in the freezer, and you're not going to find quality for this price anywhere else other than ButcherBox. So sign up at butcherbox.com dings, D-I-N-G-S, and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com dings and use code dings, D-I-N-G-S, to choose your free for a year offer, plus get $20 off your first order. Literally the next day they're like, okay, if nothing happens, but by tonight in the morning we're going to induce your labor. So I'm like, okay, not even, you know, understanding what all this means. Just sitting there like, okay, I'm going into labor in the morning. So um, through the whole night, I was having like contractions, like 
like contractions on a thousand. I'm like, this is crazy. Like, like <laughs> it hurt it so bad. But the thing is with them is the morning at once uh, I woke up in the morning the next day, they kept trying to push the epidural on me. And I went in saying I didn't want to take the epidural. So I was like, I'm not doing that. I'm not, right. I don't want no medicine. Uh, I don't want to be temporary paralyzed if I moved a certain way or I used to stick this long needle at my back. I was just panicking. I was like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. But every time like like the contractions were getting worse, the nurse would come in and would be like, see, you can be in there like the other girls, just relaxing and waiting for the baby to come out. But now you're in here with pain. We can give you the epidural now. And I'm like, no, I'm good. So I'm sitting there. Pain in the question. Right. And I'm just yeah. sitting there and I'm, 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 I'm in pain. And then I'm telling my nurse, I'm like, I'm like, she's coming right now. She's like, no, you're not. I'm like, yes, she is. Like, I feel her. And then she was like, no, you're not. So then um, the doctor came in to induce me and she lifted up and she was like, you're eight centimeters. Like, you're going into labor right now. And I'm like, I told this girl, like, <laughs> the, the nurse, I was like, I told her, I feel like I was about to take, for, to me, it felt like I was taking a shit. Like, I was like, I got to poop really bad. And she was like, no, you right. don't. I was like, yes, I do. I was like, I really have to poop really bad. And it was like, literally, lyric head was like, sitting right there. So literally, it was like. just busted open, like, look. Yeah, I was telling her, I was like, this is, I'm like, these contractions is getting worse. I'm like, she's, I'm like, I really have these. She was like, no, you don't. I'm like, yes, I do. She waited all the way until the, the doctor got there to, um, but the crazy thing is the doctor that was supposed to deliver my baby wasn't even there. He, that she, she was in labor herself. So your doctor was pregnant. Correct. Wow. Okay. But okay. she still, even, even though, I mean, even though, like, she, she would talk to me about pregnancy, like, did I have any questions or anything? But she also didn't, like, really educate me either. And, I mean, that's, that's not, not necessarily her fault. It's, I mean, it is, but... I mean, I, no. I, the the I type of money... Myself, too, as well. True. But the type of money that these obstetricianists or whatever are getting, the least you could tell us is, like, the just little... Of like, yeah. Like, it comes, like, in those... In those like, like, it's required... It's required appointments that we have. Like, if if yeah. I could have called and said, y'all don't want to meet today, I definitely would have did that. But, like, it's like, no, like, you got to go to these appointments. And it's like, those with those appointments, they could have been giving me information, even if it's just a little fucking sentence of, like, how to soothe yourself or something like that, like, something informative. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. So then I started to go in labor. Labor for me was only, like, four hours. So like you don't it. count, you don't count the contractions you were having that night? See, I, 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 I actually, I, the night before I didn't, no, I didn't, because they were like, they were, they were getting bad, but I didn't, I mean, I guess we can call that labor too, so total eight hours, but I didn't really count it until like I was pushing her out for like. Oh, wow. You were pushing time. for, you were no, pushing no, for no, no, the, no, once the contractions hit in the morning, it was like really, really, really bad those couple hours, and then like I started to push, so. I wanted to say from the morning I woke up when those contractions, like, I wouldn't, those were, like, those were bad. Like, uh, like mm-hmm. I felt everything. And then me having a natural birth, I literally felt, like, her head come out. And then after her head, it's, like, you know, her shoulders. And then, like, after that, they're, like, push out the placenta. And I'm, like, what the fuck? I yeah, felt, like. see, people don't talk about me. that. Yeah. And I didn't even know about I'm, like, oh, so she was just, well, like, you're not done yet. I said, I'm not done yet. I said, what do you mean? She's like, you have to push out the placenta. And then she did it and like press hard on my stomach. I'm like, dude, 
I, it was like, I don't know. I felt like I didn't even feel like myself, my body. I couldn't even feel my body at, at this point because everything became numb a little bit for me. I felt like uh, after I felt everything else come out and then also right at literally right after they had to stitch me up because she ripped me to my anal. And uh, I didn't even know that can happen. I was so shocked at that. Right. I was like, you know what? What is, what is going on here? And um, yeah, it was just it was it was it was a it was a different experience. I mean, the far as like natural, I will never wish that pain on my worst enemy. Um, but it, it's definitely it's definitely a good experience to 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 try, guys. Like, uh, don't always so, go for the med. So, why did you want to have a natural birth? Like, was there something that like you read or like what made you uh, say no I don't want an epidural at any point no I did read that like if you moved you, you could be paralyzed once they stick that needle up your back and that was one thing I was like absolutely not That's I'm not doing it took, yeah. <laughs> um, but, but also but also Bethany when you say people don't talk about the placenta the reason why most people don't talk about the placenta because when you have an epidural you don't feel that they don't tell you oh wait you got to push that out again like I don't feel any any of that at all and right. um also um because uh, you made me think of something like the, the the whole birthing position you know what i'm saying like the reason why you probably was ripped is because of the way that they have us give birth in the hospital also um i actually blacked out while giving birth because i like hyperventilated like my oxygen levels like went low and and like they kept telling me to push, but because I didn't, I wasn't able to fill my lower half. I didn't know, like I couldn't what activate, yeah, that that part of my body. So yeah. I literally, I'm like literally passed the fuck out in active labor, and then they had to like give me an oxygen mask and like, oh, wow. you know, do all that. Yeah. Oh, wow. So yeah. when Lyric was born, did they like? Oh, they they they, give- they immediately they immediately gave her to me. Um, me, she was still purple. And it freaked me out, and I was just, I was literally, I told them to take her away. Like, they gave her to me to give to me before they cut her umbilical cord, uh, before her dad cut her umbilical cord. Um, but I was just, I was like, no, I don't. I was so still, still exhausted from, like, pushing her. Like, I had no energy to, like, I don't know. Like, I, I was right. like, no, get her away from me. And then, like, once they took her, what her literally her dad took her, and they cleaned her up. And then they brought her to me and gave her skin. We immediately gave her skin to skin. And then um, at the time I had uh, piercings in my nipples. I had to take those out to breastfeed her because she was really hungry. Uh, mm-hmm. But it took a while for her to latch. Uh, it took a while for her to latch. But the nurses did actually try to help me help her latch, like literally squeeze the hell out of my titty to uh, <laughs> latch her onto <laughs> latch her onto it. Yeah. Uh, but she she it took her a while to latch because Lyric only lasted uh, like three months with um breastfeeding as well she didn't even last that long and then they started to one started to like you know inflate one of them was still big but yeah different and her dad so what the whole time he he was there the whole time so what would you uh rate your birthing experience if you could give him a a yelp review um maybe it sounds like it's the nurse that was like yeah the nurse was like more like and the doctor I didn't even know who I didn't meet the doctor until the doctor came in there and started to do whatever like because my doctor was yeah because my doctor was going into labor herself so yeah I mean it was still a good overall experience just a nurse like she didn't really she 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 act like she didn't care 
But like I feel like a lot of them do. Like especially when they switch shifts and stuff, and it'd be a different person. They come in. I'd be like, oh, who is this now? Yeah, just like let me. Clock <laughs> but that's in, that's a common rounds. That's a common thing though. Eve. Like like for the doctor just to come in at the last part. Like you was gonna deal with that nurse shit. Like whether your doctor was inspe- expecting or not. Like, yeah. you know, like, with, like, a midwife or a doula, like, they're there, they're, like, oh, you know, God. like, your your cheerleader, they're, you know, helping, guiding you. You don't have that with a damn, a, a damn OB during, uh, during active labor. Like, they come in literally when it's time. They're like, all right, it's time, damn, yeah. like, that's it. Yeah, I just thought because, like, I didn't know her and somebody else was delivering my baby to my vagina, they could at least introduce me to who was going to be doing that. <laughs> that uh, that's right. No, that's you absolutely right. That's real. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm like, right. what is this? This is a very like, intimate person. Yeah. Yeah. Like, pers- yeah. yeah, like, okay. definitely. I'll give them a five. You're nice. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, um, I guess I'll share my story. You um, guys have babies in Vegas, right? In, in Vegas? Yeah. Yeah. So I was not in Vegas when I found out I was pregnant. I was living in Oklahoma City because my ex was playing basketball for the Thunder. And so I was on vacation uh, for most of the summer. I went home to North Carolina like we had family reunion. So I'm helping, you know, with the family to get the family reunion together. And I gonna be honest, I was at this family reunion trying to turn up. I was drinking, like I had drinks. I was going out to the clubs with my friends because I'm home. Like I get to see people I went to school with and people I grew up with. And so I was going out, but I remember I could not get drunk to save my life. I couldn't even get tipsy. So I'm like drinking. I'm like, how come I just, I can't get drunk. I'm like, okay, whatever. I get back to the house in Oklahoma City. And as soon as I walked in, my nose was just like, what does that smell? What is that smell? I'm opening the pantry. I cleaned the pantry out. I cleaned the refrigerator out. Now, when I was 17, um, I was pregnant. Um, Mm -hmm. And one of the first things that made me know that I was pregnant when I was 17 was that my sense of smell was just out of this world. So when I'm in Oklahoma and I'm cleaning out like the, 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 like I literally took the trash out and I'm bleaching the trash can because I'm like, what is this fucking smell? And then I was like, wait, why is your sense of smell just like attacking you like this? Like, why are you so pressed? I was like, yo, am I pregnant? So I had a pregnancy test in the closet. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go take this pregnancy test. It came back positive. I was like, fuck, let me go to Walgreens and get about three, four more and take another few just to like confirm. They all came back like, yes, girl, you is pregnant. Okay. (laughs) I was like, damn, I'm really pregnant. But my my son's dad, he was out of the country at the time. So I was like, I was literally in this big ass house by myself cleaning up because my nose is just like on full attack mode and I'm pregnant and I'm like, oh my God. So I was stressed. I didn't know what I wanted to do because I did not. At that time, I did not want to be pregnant. So when I finally told him, he was excited. He was actually really ecstatic and excited to have a baby um, because we had always talked about having children. So at that point for him, he was like, cool. Yeah, let's have a kid. So um, I waited back into town. We went to the doctor 
the other like ladies of the thunder, like who, you know, like the basketball wives and girlfriends, they were like, oh yeah, when I was pregnant, I went to this doctor. So I'm like, cool. And this guy, this doctor, he was an Indian man. And I've always kind of heard like Indian doctors are just like on it. For some reason, I always had this thing in my mind that Indian doctors was just like on top of their shit. So I'm like, cool. Because my ex is such a tall dude, wherever we go, he takes up all the attention. So here we are in my very first appointment to confirm that I'm pregnant, to get an ultrasound, to get all this. We spent 45 minutes in the waiting room. We get into the office. That appointment was probably all of 10 minutes. And I'd say eight of those minutes were spent talking about basketball. And I'm just sitting there like, hey, guys, pregnant here. Can I get it's the team? Right? Like, tell me what's up. So they finally do the ultrasound. Um, this dude's ultrasound machine was so old that it didn't print out photos. <laughs> like, wow. why did they recommend you to him? I, I have no idea. I don't know. I, for some reason, they pushed this old-ass ultrasound machine in. But they were able to, like, I remember having to take a picture on my phone of the ultrasound on the screen. So I was like, okay, so I'm due March 28th. All right. And so, of course, I believe, like, after you find out you're pregnant, you have to come back every four weeks. So mm-hmm. at that time, I was eight weeks pregnant. Cool. I am two months pregnant. So when we came back for the second appointment, spent another 45 minutes in the waiting room, (laughs) another quick appointment. They're talking about traveling and, you know, where they're from and world, you know, geography and shit. And I'm here I am. But at this time, in those four weeks, I had lost so much weight that, you know, when you go in for your appointment, they, they, you know, weigh you, you do a test or whatever, um, when I found out I was pregnant, I was 139 pounds. I remember because usually my weight is like between 130, 135. And those extra four pounds really, like I could feel it. So I'm thinking, oh, I'm pregnant. That's why I'm, you know, weighing this much. But when I tell you I went from 139 to 113. Wow. And my doctor at no point, at no point was like, you know, so what are you eating? What's going on with your diet? Are you okay? We should send you for blood work. We should do this. He gave, he was like, you know, some pr- women when they're pregnant, they just, In the you know, beginning stages that that yeah. happens. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I'm having hot flashes. I'm passing out. I'm weak. I can barely stand. Um, I was in cosmetology school at the time. I had to drop out because I couldn't be on my feet. Mm-hmm. But at no point did this doctor even give a fuck to like give me any homework so like you know what it could be this this or that like he didn't give me a thing he was just so concerned about talking to you know my child's father and also in this appointment um I'm three months at the time he asked me how much I was when I was born I weighed um, nine pounds three ounces uh my child's father was a 10 pounder so he was like wow you guys are gonna have a big baby and because your due date is in March, you're probably going to have a baby during the NBA season. So you might want to consider, you know, scheduling a C-section. And I was just like baffled because I'm like, I am three months pregnant. And right now we're talking about scheduling a C-section because I might have a big baby and it may be an inconvenience to a game. Like, you got me fucked up. So that was the last time I saw that doctor. 
Um, and it really wasn't on purpose that I was like, you know what, I'm never going to him again. But I went back home to visit my mom and I was bored. I couldn't rest. And I turned on Netflix and I typed in pregnancy in the search bar. And I saw this documentary called The Business of Being Born. And it really just like changed everything. That was the moment that I dumped my doctor. He never saw me again. I canceled that appointment that I had coming up. Not going to be there. Um, (laughs) And I began to look up um, doulas and midwives. I didn't know anything really about what a doula or a midwife was, but I did have a friend in North Carolina um, that I went to college with. We were really, really close. She had um, her birth at a birthing center because in North Carolina, it is illegal to have a home birth with a midwife in attendance because the midwife can and will be locked up and charged for like some sort of negligence, which is yeah. insane to me. That is like that's a, real a thing. that's a whole nother topic. Like that is that really is, serious. That is a real thing. Yeah. So I knew about natural births and I knew that there were other ways, but like being able to watch that documentary just opened my mind to a whole slew of options. But I also started to remember different births of my friends when they were, you know, having their children. And in Vegas, one of my homegirls, she had a baby and I went to visit her while she was in labor. And I remember the hospital being so cold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was so uncomfortable that I had to go out into the desert heat to like warm my body up so I could go back in and be present for her. And she's cold. She has this IV. She was so pissed because they kept sticking her, poking her with this IV, trying to find this the fucking Yeah. Why do you need to be hooked up to the IV in the first place? Right. This is natural. Why? Why is she hooked up to an IV? And she couldn't eat. She's, like, asking me to go, like, to McDonald's to get her some fries. And I'm, like, sneaking in food Mm -hmm. for her to eat. So thinking about all of this, I was like, you know what? I think it would be best for me. In Nevada, you can have a home birth. So I'm like, perfect. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to find me a midwife. And I'm going to have this baby at the crib. Because I don't want to be uncomfortable. I don't want to be poked with. Because when I go and get blood drawn, they're like, my nails are long. So I can't make a fist. So yeah, yeah, no, it always, yeah, nails always fucking always. (laughs) You're not going to be able to poke me. So I was like, I don't, I want to be able to be comfortable at home and just, you know, have my baby here. And so I probably called two women as far as like looking for a midwife. And um, the second one, well, the first one, she didn't answer the phone. I left her a message. She didn't call me back until after I had already talked to the second woman. And me and her clicked immediately. And she told me, she was like, hey, you know, I would love to have you. You sound like, you know, you're set on doing this. You seem educated. And this will be a good, you know, marriage between us. But she was like, just to let you know, I am, um, I'm pregnant as well. I am due two months after you. Like, that's fine. If you're cool, you feel like you can do your thing, then let's do it. And she was a mother of five. She was pregnant with her six. So I'm like, oh, shit. She's experienced. She knows what's going she knows on. She knows what she's doing. So, yeah, I'm cool with that. But I didn't have my appointment with her until I would say it was the end of December. And Prince was due March 24th or March 28th. Yeah, so I went a very long time without going to the doctor. And I was fine with that. I only had, and you know what's funny? I actually had two ultrasounds before finding out that I had, I was pregnant with a boy because when I went back to that second appointment where the doctor was 
basically ignoring my weight loss, he he uh, told me, he was like, yeah, so um, let's see, eight. He tried to say that I was 16 weeks. And I'm like, no, when I was first here, I was eight. So I should be 12 now. And so he, for some reason, added on an extra month. And I'm like, bro, hold on. Can you give me another ultrasound? Because you're adding on a whole month. And I know when I came here at first, you said I was eight weeks. So I should be 12. And so he had to go back and give me another ultrasound and be like, oh, yeah, you're right. And I was just like, bro, like, what the fuck? But um, I did make an appointment to go to the hospital and have, you know, the ultrasound to find out the sex of, um, and like, like you said, Meek, I knew I was having a son. Like, I remember before the appointment, I'm like, okay, you know, rubbing my belly, like, all right, we're going to go in here, go ahead and show him your stuff. We get into that appointment. Prince is literally laying with his legs wide open. And because I guess there's like a certain order that they go in, they try to tell you like, okay, the head is a good size and the fingers and, you know, this is good. This is good. And then they tell you last, like, oh, it's a boy or a girl. She could not overlook his penis because it was just like hanging out. And so, oh, you're having a boy. Like, that was the first thing she was able to tell me. I was like, boom, I knew it. But yeah, so that was the last ultrasound I had at 16 weeks. I found out I was having a boy and I was like, okay, so what's the point of having ultrasounds every month? I'm not like, and that was another thing that I also decided to research. Like, are ultrasounds safe? Like, what do ultrasounds do? Is it it radioactive or is it similar to like a, a, not radioactive, but what I'm asking is. Like like radiology in a way. Yeah, like, is it similar to like having an x-ray? Because technically as pregnant, like being pregnant, like you're not. You're not supposed to. You're not supposed to do that. And from from what I learned is that sometimes when you, you see a baby in the ultrasound and the sonograms that they're covering their ears because they say it's loud. Oh, so it's, you, yeah. It can be like a sensory overload to yeah. them in the womb. So sometimes they kind of like curl up like, oh, what's, you know, what's all that noise? So I was like, yeah, I, as long, you know, my, my midwife was able to test me in in a very holistic way. And I trusted, you know, I oh, trusted wait. her. But it was really, what was really frustrating to me is that friends and family did not support my decision to have a home and natural birth. Everyone was like, oh, when them contractions hit, you're going to be begging for an epidural. Or why do you want a witch doctor to deliver your baby? Uh, oh, 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 witch doctor. doctor. And I was like, it was so frustrating because here we are like black people this this is our shit. Do this is our that, shit. That's our shit. No, and that's exactly what I was gonna say. And it's like that's just a prime example of people drinking the Kool-Aid. Like they yes. purposefully, you know, deem those women as witches to because it went against everything that they were trying to like project within the medical field. And yes. if you notice, like all of the quote unquote witches are what? They are women talking about what goes on with women bodies. And then you have these males coming in trying to you know tell us about how we should deliver our our kids yeah like yeah it was the most frustrating thing and I remember bringing one of my friends to one of my appointments so she could see what it was so I went from having 15 minute um appointments with my doctor to 90 minute appointments every two weeks with my midwife And the amount of education that I received in those 90 minutes, it was so beautiful. I was like excited about this whole process. 
And I remember when I walked in because, you know, our first time meeting in person, I I was still losing weight. And so she educated me about my body and was telling me, you know, yes, some women do lose weight, but, you know, let's get your blood work to make sure it's not X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. Test came back, you know, I was clear, everything was fine. I just, my appetite just wasn't, <laughs> I was looking forward to like having pregnancy cravings. The only thing I craved were popsicles and like slushies and icy shit. And from what my midwife told me, she educated me. She was like, that means you're low on iron. So iron, yeah. take these iron vitamins and supplements, not these, because all this other shit is full of fillers. So full of fillers. They're good. Yeah. These won't constipate you. Like she is yep. telling me things in layman terms where I'm just like, oh, got it. Boom. Yeah. And see the cool. our, my doctor didn't, didn't even that. didn't even suggest a prenatal. Did I, they just give you stuff that the hospital like provided them? Well, no, no, they don't they well she tried, of course, they, whatever whatever drug company they were in contract with, of course, that's mm-hmm. that's who they like, you know, promote. But like I take it upon myself to go to Whole Foods and like you know, like, okay, because I don't want to be throwing up, but this is what I want. Like, I, you know, looking up what DHA actually is and like, I had to like educate myself on, but yeah, the, the physician didn't even, didn't even say, oh, you know, these are the prenatals that you should be taking. Like, I didn't get none of that. Wow. Yeah. And my midwife has really educated me. She told me about hypnobirthing because she really put it like, again, she put everything in layman terms. Like, so... If you breathe with a deeper voice, that will help your baby come down when you're in labor. But if you're high pitch and you're tense, your baby's not going to move. And I was like, oh, yeah, got it. I did <laughs> she was like, when you're, you know, when you're having sex, if you're relaxed, it's going to be moans and you're going to sound pretty primitive. And it's the same in birth. You should sound, you know, it should be smooth. It should be low. It should be, I mean, it's not going to sound pretty, but- right. You know, whatever it takes for you to be able to move your baby through. Because she was like, you know, you're not going to have a baby that you're not going to grow a child that you can't birth. Right. And so when I thought about that, like, OK, my I'm growing a child that's like specifically for my for body. Your belly. Yeah. And so because I, I just knew, like, if I had to ever be transported to a hospital or I wasn't able, like if I was out of town when I went to labor, I already knew, hey, I don't want meds. And if you try to push um, an epidural or a C-section on me, not doing it because I know that for some doctors, it's just the easiest, you know, way out. I'm going to come in, you know, I'm going to come in, I'm going to cut you open, get this baby out, and I'm going to go home and be on time for dinner. And I just made some money. I remember even when I went to the doctor, um, to the hospital to have the um, sonogram to find out the sex of the baby, and they didn't know. I didn't tell any of them that I was planning on having a home birth because I knew that they would try to talk me out of it. And so, you know, even the girl who was doing the sonogram for me, she was just like, you know, you want to have a natural birth. That's really cool. Um, it will only cost $2,500 if you want to have a natural birth. Mind you, that's how much my midwife cost, $25. Right. Um, that included every appointment before Prince was born. And every appointment after Prince was born, twenty five. So just so, just for just for comparison, a hospital birth about eight to ten thousand dollars. Like just yes. just regular, just just like with no complicate, yes. like eight to ten thousand dollars. Yeah. So yeah. No, and just so, you, so people can compare. 
because they don't tell you like, okay, after and they I, born and you want some pain medicine, you want some ibuprofen, right? Forty dollars a pill. And, and also, also note, I had already paid my my OB before I got so like that. The eight to ten was my was specifically for my hospital visit. Each time I went and had an appointment with my physician, I paid for that appointment. So, Ooh. yeah. yeah. So I like she's telling me, oh yeah, to have a natural birth is twenty five hundred here at the hospital, but that doesn't include the meds that they give you after. Some hospitals will charge you for skin to skin after your baby is born. Like really? Oh yes, they will charge you for skin. How do you, man? Oh my gosh, yo! Like how do you charge for my skin? So you, they're charging you for a a lactation consultant to come in and teach you how to breastfeed. If yeah. they even care, because some hospitals be like, don't, oh, oh they won't yeah. latch. Here's formula. And exactly. Here you go. They didn't even try so, to latch Elijah. They just gave him formula without my consent. See? Wow. And, and that was the thing. I, I just wanted to avoid all of that. And my midwife was just so dope. And it was just really cool also to see her growing along with me. <laughs> um, she was also pregnant with the boy as well. But um, so as far as like labor goes, I went into labor on a Sunday afternoon. So the Saturday afternoon, uh, 24 hours before that, I was having Braxton Hicks contractions where my belly was just getting tight. And then it would just kind of like go back to normal. And I went to Brio because I was like, look, I think this baby might be coming soon. So let me go ahead and get a, let me sit down and enjoy a meal before I become a mom. So me and my mom, we went to eat and I brought some Brio home with me just to warm up just in case you know I'm still hungry but the next day I uh, woke up contractions woke me up I'm like okay labor starting Um, what what I really loved about my midwife is that there was a birthing kit that I had to purchase which was $99 it came with everything I needed to have a comfortable home birth um, a water birth so she was going to provide the tub but it came with like all the pads all the shit that you need after you have the baby, um, like a sits bath that you can sit in to help heal you and to help speed up the process of like helping your vagina feel okay after pushing a baby out. Um, mm. So I had everything I, ha- I needed at home, but my mom, um, she wanted to go and get something to eat because she was going to be home with me. My son's, my son's dad was actually out of town and he needed permission from the team to be able to travel out of state because, you know, they're liable for all of that. So they have to get permission to be able to travel. So um, it was just me and my mom going through labor and it was a new moon. And sometimes on a new moon, this people say it's a full moon, but the new moon will help induce a lot of women into birth. So my midwife had me. And she had another woman who had went to birth, went to labor maybe four hours before I did. So she was there with me, but she was in great communication with me. Like, hey, when you see your mucus plug, I was like, mucus plug, some mucus plug. People don't, like doctors and people, they're, they don't prepare you for this, this mucus that literally comes out of your vagina when it's like time for your, your, your water will break next. Break. Like she mm-hmm. was like, yeah. So she was like, when your mucus plug shows, then, you know, Called me and I'll be on the way. She was like, I'm gonna take a nap. I just, you know, help deliver this other baby. I'll be on my way as soon as that mucus plug drops or your water breaks. So nothing was happening. And I'm like, okay, I'm laboring on the toilet. Because I'm home, I'm able to eat and drink whatever I want. I was watching uh, Real Housewives of Atlanta in the living room on my, on my little exercise ball, like, you know, 
going through these contractions. I had an app on my phone that was like timing my contractions so I knew how far apart they were. Um, at no point did I know how far I was, di- how much I was dilated um, because I feel like that's only really a thing for hospitals to kind of like time you and see how fast labor is progressing for you. Like my midwife, she was like, the baby's going to come when he's ready to come. So there's no need for me to keep putting my fingers up there to see how much he dilated. So I was like, cool. Uh, I was in labor for 18 hours. Um, It wasn't bad. It was only really bad when I laid on my back to try to get some sleep. When I tell you I was in excruciating pain when I tried to lay on my back and I'm like, how are women really in the hospitals like bound to a hospital bed laying down on their back when they should be able to move around and and move in a way that's comfortable to help the baby move down and to speed up the process. If you're just sitting in bed, of course they're gonna be like, all right, so you haven't dilated much, you know, let me, you know, break your water or induce your labor with some Pitocin or give you this epidural because yeah, it hurts, right? Like, hell yeah, bitch, I'm laying on my back. Like, hell yeah. But being able to walk around and move around and like, I'm on, I'm FaceTiming. I got a playlist. I got candles lit. Like I really set a mood for my birth. And so the 18 hours didn't feel like 18 hours within the, when I got to the 17th hour, my water hadn't broken. So my midwife was not there. So I ran myself a bath. I had already taken like two showers just to let the warm water relax me. But I ran myself a bath and sat in and maybe five minutes later, my water broke in the bath water. So I'm like, okay. I text her. She gets there maybe 30 minutes later. Prince was born 10 minutes later. Like it literally went from zero to a hundred, like within the last hour. And what was just so dope is that she was just, she allowed me to just be in the moment. There was no people around me rushing and like panicking and making it seem like an, an emergency had just happened. It was like, I pulled my son out with my hands and I sat down and I held him on my chest and she just sat on the, on the edge of the tub, like, like just watching. She's observing everything that's going on. She's making sure she's like, I don't, like midwives, they have their own thing that they're doing in their head, but they're making sure everything is okay. But she was like, there's certain tests that she's doing mentally on Prince. Like, okay, w- I can see him breathing because his nostrils are moving or, you know, it's just so. So did you cut his umbilical cord? I'm going to be real. I can't remember. <laughs> um, we, we kept him like once I delivered my placenta, we kept him attached for as long as. God, I feel like he was attached for like two hours because there was no need to cut it because you have to let your, the cord pulsate and because there's very important things happening in that moment. And I also had plans to have my placenta encapsulated so that I could take them in pill form because I read I was educated on all the benefits of consuming your placenta after birth, yeah, which led to me. Yeah, some people eat it. Some people put right it in after. a smoothie like right Dang. after. They didn't. When I tell you, I didn't. I didn't even see no placenta. Like it was, it was immediately discarded. Like gone. Yeah, they gone. take like, it. There was no mention of it. There was no nothing. Like it, I don't even know where they took it. I don't even know where it went. Like, so technically, you have to they let them know at the hospitals in advance. Like, hey, I want that. So don't just take my shit. And yeah. then you literally have to sign for that shit. Yeah. It's like, just mm. it's the weirdest things. Like that belongs to me. That came out of my body. Like let yeah. me have that. Yeah. My midwife had a doula that came and assisted her. When I tell you they cleaned the fuck up, <laughs> I don't, I didn't see a mess. 
I didn't see a thing. Um, I did uh, tear just a little, but as I'm breastfeeding Prince, my midwife stitched me right on up. And her advice was like, look, stay in bed with your legs closed and just relax. And did you did you did you think that was her? Like, cause for me, the next day, like oh, the next day. No, I, actually, when they actually three days after they released me, when I got home and I tried to sit down with them stitches, I was like, "Bruh, these things is tight. These no, things is really tight. tight." It was just like when I had to use the bathroom. Ooh. I was like, "Okay." So she, you know, it, that whole birthing kit came with the um a bottle that you squeeze so when you go yeah, right. mm-hmm. yeah so I had that with all the sit stuff in there to help me like not feel any pain well I felt some of course you're going to feel it but it alleviated the urine from like really affecting me and my stitches so it wasn't terrible I remember I just was in bed like it, you know, on my I, I was I was heavily constipated like oh I was I was constipated okay. too. and like and like the like so like for me pushing I I think it's because the way I was pushing the pressure was applied to my butt and mm-hmm. so like that it's like I feel like you have like an alert button by your by your aim by your asshole or something like there's something like a a, a, a boo boo button that like <laughs> you know once <laughs> once the boo boo hit the button it lets you know like I gotta go to the bathroom mm-hmm. so I feel like that boo boo button was like was um was swollen because of all the pressure you know or whatnot because I, I felt like I, I kept saying like I gotta go to the bathroom I gotta go to the bathroom and nothing but was that's coming natural, out that's a natural thing um are you talking about what while you were in labor no after, I'm talking about after, after labor okay. yeah. so look, after I remember I was constipated and my midwife recommended like you know safe um like a laxative to take while I was nursing, because, you know, you just can't take any over-the-counter stuff while you're breastfeeding. But it didn't work. So I remember at some point, I actually ended up having to go. But I was like, I had my whole hand, like, on my vagina because I was so afraid that something was going to pop or fall out or, like, happen as I'm, like, trying to, like, defecate. Like, bruh, like, it it was weird. But no one tells you these things about, like, what happens to your body after you give birth. Which is why a lot of women end up, you know, dying after giving birth because their concerns are just kind of like discarded. Like, oh, yeah, of course you're in pain. It's like, no, but this is different. Like, some, this is really not right. feeling right. And they just, well, you just had a baby. So, no, like, can you go and check? Because a lot of women are bleeding out or right. bleeding internally and things aren't, you know, being discussed and the woman ends up passing away. You know what's so crazy is like so currently in my in my studies um I um I'm actually studying the psychology of the of the of the reproduction experience and the thing I realized is I knew going into that class I knew that like as black women we were 3 to 4 times higher in the maternal mortality rate right and so of course just in like black women healthcare period we are just like always dismissed but then I realized the lack of power and how we really don't have rights as women over our body I was I've I've been like surprised through like every reading through every documentary when I find like no it's it's from politicians to physicians to big farm that's dictating in that has full-on oh, power yes. 
over what we can do with our bodies. So yeah. then when you think about that, when it's like, okay, just as women, we don't have rights. I can't say I'm surprised now that that black women are at the bottom of that of that totem pole. You and know it's what I mean? funny because it has nothing to do with education. No. How much money these women it make. It doesn't. It does literally. It's just women and it's and it's a power. And I think another thing that you I thought about too when you were talking about your experience is like like when you were talking about the doctors constantly rushing, right? Yeah. So you 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 know, you would think that if they wanted to, you know, perform in a more efficient healthier way there's ways to do that naturally where it's like mm-hmm. if you were really concerned about the health of the baby there's ways and practices that we could implement that would you know and you know naturally induce mothers or you know what i'm saying and get yeah. the ball rolling so like the, the health of the child or the mother is not the priority it's about like we are literally just case numbers and freaking mm-hmm. dollar signs and it's just like however much i can scan that bracelet and wrap <laughs> this up no, no, yeah. real talk. No, for like, real, yeah. Like, and rack this up. Tylenol, $500. Epidural, like, a gajillion dollars. C-section. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and a lot of, and also studies show that a lot of the, these C-sections are unnecessary. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and it's a fear tactic that they use because Definitely. once they load you up with all this medicine, of course the baby is going to be affected in some way. So the heart rate might slow down. So it's like, oh, my God, your baby's heart rate is slowed down. We have to take them now. And it's right. Like, put a panic in you like, oh, my God, if I don't you have the surgery, then my baby's going to die. Baby. Right. Right. And so I think it's now uh, one out of every three births, a C-section happens. That is way too you know that, many. You know that there's hospitals where their C-section is at like a 95%. Oh, God. That's disgusting. 95%. Like there's but, no reason you know, why you should be cutting women open at that at that type of rate. They really they've really in media and movies and Hollywood, they've really turned birth into like this traumatic, terrible experience. And then once they put you through all of this trauma, they're like, Well, at least you and the baby are okay. okay. And it's like, like no, they I have a they treat birth like it's like some like sickening like a, a sickness like we've yeah. treated you and you guys both survived like the fuck do you like, mean? Bro, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> like, like, and so and even like with like getting my son's birth certificate like doing all this stuff at home and like having to go to the social security you know department and get his birth certificate I'm like oh you had a home birth it's like this whole like snob thing yeah. treating me like it's shit just, because yeah. I chose to go around this whole around. big pharma systems. Like, yeah, I had a home birth. Like, yeah. So I, you would I, say I, your experience was great. You know, and and even I remember at one point where my contractions were like tough. I didn't I didn't have contractions in my back. They were like in my legs, like in my thighs. They ran down the front of my body. And at one point, I'm sitting on the toilet like, oh, my God, like, I feel like I got a shit. Like, <laughs> it's just so much happening. But I asked myself, I was like, would you do this again? Like, if you were pregnant again, would you do this again? I was like, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, I would rather do this in the comfort of my home exactly. than being miserable at a hospital and having a whole bunch of people that I don't know and being cold and uncomfortable and can't eat. My, my uh, midwife explained labor is like a marathon. So at what point in a marathon are you not able to drink? Don't you have to like prepare yourself for a marathon and eat? 
Don't yeah. you like have access to Gatorade stand or like, you yeah. know, like and your body, your body normally asks for what it needs. You know, yeah, like, I was so it's, it's very rare that you just over here just snacking just because like it's like, no, I'm right. hungry. You know? Yeah. 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 So, you know, nothing. A- oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I was just saying it was just a it was just an experience that I just love sharing with people because I just like for women to know, especially black women, that there are options. Definitely. You do not have to go this whole route. And when people try to shame you for doing something different, it it shouldn't even be considered different. Like, I don't understand why natural births are not the norm. I understand there are some cases where, you know, there are high risk pregnancies and you need to be at the hospital and monitor. I totally get that. But if you are having a normal pregnancy, you should be able to have, um, you know, explore your options and, and see what's best for you. And if you feel like, you know what, I'm going to pay a doula to come in and just be able to speak for me when they're trying to push it on me. Cool. If you need to educate your partner and be like, babe, if they're trying to, you know, say this and say that, speak up for me. Like, there's so many options. You can't, You just can't allow the hospitals to treat you like a number. Also, another thing to add to that is, like, ladies, pregnancy is, like, you've heard all three of our stories, and guess what? All three of our stories were different, but pain was in every single one of them. It so, was. Like, I'm going to avoid so it. This, yeah, so, like, yes. that whole, like, oh, I don't want to feel this. So, guess what? You're going to feel it. Like, pain is inevitable when it comes down yeah. to um, having a baby. And Now, also, there are like, some women who haven't, who, like, the birth was quick and yeah, easy. Yeah, yeah, and don't oh, have it. But I'm just they're saying unicorns, like unicorns, but right. it is possible. But I'm but, saying like yeah. like if that's if that's the main reason why you need to go to the hospital. It's it like fear is a is definitely a dominant tactic that is used to like push us into those hospitals. And like just like Bethany expressed, the more she knew of what her body was capable of doing, the more she was able to go into her labor um confident. Okay. And yeah. confidence Confidence, you know, overshines fear with every single time. And let me tell you, um, my midwife was not there until the last hour. So. (laughs) But she, like, she well prepared you. I was prepared. You were completely prepared on, like, what to do, how to set yourself up, how to relax yourself. The whole, you know, intent was to, like, relax yourself, right, and not to freak out, not to tense the body. Also, another thing that, like, when you when you were speaking to, like, black women, the main reason why we do that, the, the main reason why we are high on maternal, mater, uh, uh, maternity rate, m- mortality rate, is yeah. because um, we, out of all groups of people, we have the longest lifespan under stress. Like, we, we, it's a known fact that the black woman lives majority of her life under high levels of stress compared to other women. So with that said, like that's just how the shit is set up for us. You can take your birthing experience and take control of that and alleviate that stress from yourself once you have that control. You know, like labor does not have to be a stress situation. And that and and it kind of correlates with what you said when you were saying when your body is stress intense, that's when shit goes haywire. That's yes. when the baby is not able to do what it's supposed to do. But once you are able to control the situation and relax yourself, relax your body, you know, that goes out the window. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, my midwife, she came to visit me. 
I didn't have to leave home. She came to visit me three times just to check on me and the baby after having, uh, after giving birth. And, you know, after you, what, I guess after you have your baby in the hospital, you got to come back like a week or two later. Yeah. And get a checkup. But it was just so convenient to not have to leave my home, bruh. That, and to have someone like sit down and talk to me like a human that just gave birth. Like, right. how are you feeling? Like, it's not all about the babies. Like, how, are, how is everything going? I remember um, I was, I thought I was doing very well breastfeeding. It was a little painful at first, but she was like, hey, you know, she was kind of like monitoring how, you know, I, I nursed him. And she was like, you know what? I think he has a tongue tie because his latch is a little bit off. And went to the doctor, got the tongue tie is when, you know, the little line under your tongue is a bit uh, short and you can snip it. And it extends the tongue and allows the baby to latch better. She picked that up immediately and was like, yeah, you know, all you got to go, all you got to do is go to the doctor. It's a quick snip and your breast milk is like an ibuprofen. So he's not going to be in pain. I was like, bet. As soon as I got that done, hell, I breastfed for three and a half years. So, and to this day, I still can text or call her or message her on Facebook if I have any questions about anything. So being able to continue to have that relationship, I have a better relationship with her than uh, Prince's primary care doctor, like yeah. his pediatrician. Like that's it's crazy to me. But yeah, so women, you know, I just I just really want you guys to like hear our stories. It's three different stories. I think the whole thing here is just being informed yeah. and, and knowing what you're capable of doing and not allowing people to scare you into some shit you don't want to do. But also like how we, when we spoke about mental health, like don't, it's nothing wrong with like getting a test and saying like, oh, I'm pregnant and getting informed. It's never too late to, you know, gain knowledge. But I just encourage women like, you know, it's nothing wrong with also with just being informed of what your body is capable of doing. Even if you don't even see children in your future, you still need to have an understanding of this of this machine that you wake up and, you know, operate on a daily basis. So I and too, if you plan on having children, you need to be informed as well. That part. So Because the last like, thing you want to do is be in a situation and you lose your partner and you're you know right. you're raising your child solo. Right. So right. Yeah. Right. Because it's happening. It's happening. Right. There's an alarming rate of... nowhere. Yeah, it's an alarming rate of black men raising their children because the mother passed away either due to complications to birth or 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 even a year later from complications of birth. So it's not even just like right after... so much. Yeah. 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 Woo! So yeah, no red light special today. (laughs) But um, of course, if you guys, you know, have any questions, feel free to email us we love the DMs. Maybe not Elizabeth, but maybe on this subject, Elizabeth uh, might. She might. Oh, she I'm definitely she down she to answer any type of questions as far as like, <laughs> you know, simple oh, things God. in life. Yeah, right. Someone go come in your DM and be like, so, like, how was that jello? <laughs> In the hospital. in the hospital. Don't even approach me with that shit. Like, why would like, you? Next just... time you need somebody to keep you warm, what's up? Like, what's that? When we have a baby, it's going to be like this. Okay, I'm down to answer any women's questions that you might have for birth. Um, Other than that, Jello, all that unnecessary um, conversation is not being answered. So, (laughs) 
All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to us. A very special episode of Crazy Sexy Cool Podcast. Until next week, we'll holla. Take care of yourselves. Ah. Mommies unite. <laughs> Black moms matter. Black moms. Amen. Hey.